Christmas awkward with a hint of with a hint of mean. Uh, he's got curly hair. He looks like a dork. It's good. I like it. If you ever come back to the show with a good review of that movie, you're off the show. Shitty coming joke. Oh, you're a you're a Harrist. Make jokes, funny hair man. Shade the gray, the grave movie thing. We know, dickhead. We know. It's this weird disorder that I have. Christmas somewhere on the spectrum. So, that's it for that. How was your day? Uh, well, I had the annual company Christmas breakfast this morning, which means that I had to set an alarm clock. And I don't normally live by an alarm clock. I just naturally wake, I naturally wake up early for the most part. But when I know that I have to be up at six, then I can't, I have to have an alarm clock and I can't sleep. So I, I told the wife last night, I was like, I'm just going to stay on the couch tonight because yeah. if I'm on the couch, I think I might be able to get some sleep instead of no sleep in bed. And I think I did get more sleep, but I still slept horribly because I got to get up and go to a meeting at seven o'clock in the morning. And yeah. it's just so infrequent that I have to do shit like that, that when I know that I'm going to have to do it, it just, it's something subconscious. So, <sighs> yeah, but it was nice to see everybody from the company and see the boss. And, you know, I don't usually see my boss, but once every three to six months, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing against him. I love my boss. He's awesome. He rules. <laughs> but wow. <laughs> yeah. It, what this meeting signifies is the beginning of... Um, Eric buying physical media season, which I do, you know, once a year for about a month, which is from the time I get my Christmas bonus until the beginning of the year, pretty much. It's like, ah, now I got some lettuce in my pocket. And this is when everything is the cheapest. And I yes, made out like a bandit today and I spent a whopping $13. Ooh, nice. Yeehaw. And I got <laughs> four Blu-rays and, uh, two DVDs. Excellent. And newer stuff. It's just, I, it's so amazing to me how the, um, they'll have stuff on sale and shit like in October and whatever, but nothing like December. In October, it's like on sale, five bucks. And in December, it's like on sale, two for five. You know, they're just trying oh, to get rid yeah. of stock and stuff like that, but whatever. I hit one family video today. I'm going to hit, I'm going north. I'm going to hit two or three tomorrow, maybe. I have, I have these little pockets, and they always, always have different shit on sale. Today was half an hour south of where I live. Yeah, and it's amazing how every now and then, like, if you go to an exchange, sometimes you just, you hit gold, and there's there's numerous ones that are great price, and then you can go another day, and where it's like, it's there's nothing. It's like, everything seems to be ridiculously overpriced. I know. You can even roll from one exchange to the other, and yeah. find they have the same movies, different prices. It, yeah, oh, I've noticed that too. Yeah. It's wild. But I'm looking forward to hitting some more family videos tomorrow. And hey, actually, I think you were the biggest winner today because they had exactly one copy of the Walk 3D for the three fifty three dollars. Well, it's the two for five. I, I bought another. I bought another one of the two for five to cover that one, so it wouldn't okay. be three bucks. But then there's sales tax, and I'm delivering it to you. So uh, yes. three dollars. I think yeah. I hate coins. That's so. awesome, though. That's and yeah. That's, I like. I literally didn't watch the movie that you gave me because I'm like, ah, uh, I want to watch this in 3D. This is worth 3D. Yep. The one so. single copy, and I I grabbed it up. <laughs> yeah. But I was really tickled because I was in this store. Oh boy, 
a few weeks ago, and they had, um, well, I'm teasing what I'm, what's coming soon, I guess, but the Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, which is a new Street Fighter movie, I thought, uh, for the, it, now this is a Blu-ray, and it was the two for three, mm. the dollar ninety nine. Oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to waste $2 on that. Uh, and they also had the Blu-ray of Blair Witch for two for five. So uh, I had to find things to match those, but yeah. they had both of those in there a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, ah, I'm kind of broke. I just didn't end up buying them. And they were still there today, so I snatched them right up. I was like, hell yeah. Family like, video, man. They're carrying the torch of physical media. Hell yeah, they are. And if this net neutrality thing fails, it physical media might be back in a big bad way. Yeah. Hey, I've never given up Mm-mm. my first true love. <laughs> Me too. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to hunting down some v- VHS tomorrow too, because I got to go up uh, half an hour north of you, hour and a half north of me on on seventy seven. Okay. Which is that that exchange? Yeah. That area. There's there's a couple of hot spots up in that area. There, Man, if, it's an Akron up in Akron, actually north of the theater is a family video that is. That's one of the hot family videos, like the oh, one. Oh, really? The family video just north of where you live yep. is mostly rubbish. There's barely anything there. The one in Maslin is is hot because it's it's in an awkward place or something. But they always have a ton of two for five, oh, and the cool. one down south of me usually has some good hits too. Yeah. Well, but that, and then that one, in, that one in Akron, I've walked out of there with spending 30 bucks and at, you know, two for three and two for five, that's a lot of freaking movies. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Anyway. Yeah. There's more to come. I will be buying, yeah. I will be buying, uh, movies for until the first of the year. Pretty yeah. much. Oh, that's great. And, you know, and my, I, like, I, I, I front load my week to where, um, I, my whole week is kind of planned out for me because I, I plan shit out and I'm like, okay, my Mondays are usually busy, but I'm like, you know, today I'm feeling pretty good. I think I've, you know, I'm good. And then I get an email in the morning and the, just the whole day is just fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is, that was my Monday today. And now it's podcast. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh. uh, you want to talk about some movies? Move on. Let's talk movies. movies. Yes. All right. I'm ready. Uh, let's start like we always do with roulette. Dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And I feel a little off. I, I'm not used to starting late anymore. I mean, and this isn't oh, even late. It's it's we're starting Early. at what was our usual time of nine o'clock. And yeah. I'm shot, but probably because I slept like four hours and had to get up stupid early. And <laughs> yeah, at least we're not starting at eleven o'clock like we used to. Oh, I know. <laughs> Wasn't the first couple episodes like eleven thirty? Probably. Probably. Oh, wow. It's, how did we become old men in three years? And, Literally, I mean, yeah. I went from like 21 years old to 65. <laughs> <laughs> very, very fast. Yep. Yeah. But, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be back at the 7 o'clock next week. Oh, and yeah. next week is probably going to be, yes, next week is going to be the uh, crossover episode with TJ. Mm. Excellent. So, plan on that. Okay. Got some interesting, interesting little crossover event we're going to do. It'll be fine. Okay, anyway. Will, will, that, will that be a Movie Freaks, or will that be his show, or It's both? a two-parter. We're going to do, like, two hours, and okay. one will be, half of it will be one, half will be the other. Perfect. Sounds good. Yep. It'll be fun. 
Got some good movies lined up to talk about. Well, let's talk some mediocrity now, shall we? <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> and the last episode uh, on the roulette, it was The Farthest, Voyager in Space Up Against Temple. And I'm going to let you go first, since okay. you were last, last week. Uh, Temple from 2017, hour and 18 minutes. I picked this because this was an option for uh, the theater. Uh, we didn't get it, but it was uh, available. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of curious. It has kind of a cool cover. And this is one of those movies where um, I, I, there's so, 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 so much worse than this movie out there, but it's just such a, a missed opportunity. And there's a couple other movies I'm going to talk about tonight and recently watched that are like uh, legitimately could have been good. The money seems to have been there, but uh, it, something about it just didn't click with me um and this is the case with this movie at an hour and 18 minutes it is uh it, it is criminally underdeveloped uh, and i'm like you are i'm not sure who you're what audience are going for but come on man like it's 90 minutes is still not that long if you've got a interesting premise for a movie you don't have to make it that fast is i mean there's roger corman movies that that works for but this needed a little bit more breathing room and it's basically these uh three americans they go to japan uh, investigating a temple and uh, it, there, there's spirits in one temple because kids disappeared and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, all that aside, though, uh, production values were really, really good. A couple of good, uh, somewhat scary scenes, not overly scary, but I'm like, oh, that was kind of, kind of well shot. Uh, and I think it's kind of cool that um, Simon Barrett, uh, wrote the movie and uh, Michael Barrett directed it. And I, I w I'm wondering if Michael Barrett is, if they're brothers or cousins or something. And I mean, you know, Simon Barrett is, you I know, Simon, rings, rings a bell. Uh, Simon Barrett is, uh, he didn't, di he directed, uh, well, a segment for VHS too, but he's, uh, he's a writer for Blair Witch and the guest and you're oh, next. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. So he's so, good friends with, uh, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> uh, that directed all those movies? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's some there's some talent behind the movie. And the, the acting was good for what it was. But again, it was just, it's like, oh, I've kind of seen this all before. And uh, all it would have taken was just a couple of really, really great scenes versus mediocre just mediocre just the whole thing just forgettable worth it, one it was worth one watch it was harmless and over before it was started basically an hour and 15 minutes and it was done but um does it qualify as a horror movie yeah oh yes very much okay yes i i think i'm gonna leave it in the queue and, and check it off in october you should because i don't i can't imagine you're gonna hate the movie it's again it's nothing it's nothing great um, and maybe if you would go in with super low expectations, you might be like, oh, that was, you know, for an hour and 15 minutes, that wasn't bad, but it's like, well, I, I like the short ones in October. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you, it could have been so like, the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, there's the some frustration. Movies where it's, 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 it's shit from, from the first five seconds. And this one here, it, it opens really good. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm invested immediately. Good acting immediately. High production values. I'm like, Okay. Where, where are we going with this? But then by the midway point, I'm like, I, I kind of see where this is going. And uh, 
you should have developed the plot more, and then it's boom, and roll credits. Like, eh, okay, eh, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, uh, for roulette, it was watchable. Middle of the pack. All right. Could be worse. Uh-huh. Uh, mine, a documentary, The Farthest, Voyager in Space. This documentary chronicles NASA's 1977 launch of twin space probes sent to capture images of remote planets and bear messages f- uh, from Earth. Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. <clears throat> and this is pretty much everything that you expect it to be. Not mm-hmm. much else to say about it. It's good. I give it a thumbs up. I would say that it's a smidge too long, especially when they are... i got to be careful how I say this, because they developed some really beautiful CGI scenes of the, these Voyager probes, like, going through space and stuff. And it's like, okay, obviously... And, and they're so good they almost look real, but at the same time, well, obviously this isn't real, or it would be a camera person that is riding on Voyager... Oh, oh, there goes Voyager right past me, you know, and I'm, you know, it's a CGI creation. And the reason they do that, those little scenes is because otherwise it would be 99% interview style talking heads. And you got to break away from that in a documentary. But at, I think it was an hour 92 or so, or uh, hour 92, hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Hour 35, something, you know what I mean? Like over 90. It's like, I kind of feel like you could have peeled back about 10 minutes of it. Minor complaint. It still was really fascinating. And I, I was, I appreciated how much stock footage they had of interviews or press conferences that NASA did back in the day when, when this Voyager shit was such a big deal. And it's still a big deal. I've, I've done a fair amount of research following those missions because they're so interesting and they've done amazing things in our lifetime. It's amazing that it, during our lifetime, uh, these probes were created and one has left our solar system. Like, yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's an amazing feat. That What a time to be alive, you know? Even some of the people that designed these things and shipped them into space have died in the, in the amount of time it's taken them to leave our solar system. So it's cool that we w- were around to witness such things. Nice. I didn't learn a ton because I've already studied a lot of this stuff, but it it was still really cool to see some of the uh, core data and the pictures that were sent back as this thing, as the these Voyager probes pinged around the planets, and all of the things they learned about the planets and the moons surrounding them along the way. I mean, it's definitely a thumbs up. You should check it out. Just be warned. There, it's it's not that it's slow or anything. It's just that it could have been a little shorter. I think. Okay. And that's about the only complaint I can really levy at it. But at the same time, if, see, it's, it's a, it's a mixed complaint because if they do take out more of those CGI creations that I'm talking about, then what? It's just, okay, interview style, this guy's talking, look at his face. That's, that gets boring after a while. Yeah. That was the uh, documentary I watched about the guys and the telescope. Uh, yeah, the old guys. Yeah, oh, I know, I know what you're talking the, about. <laughs> slog, yeah. So, okay. um, it's not a slog to get through, but, and it got better as it went, too. Like, at first it started as background, and by about the 20-minute point, I was like, okay, I'm shutting down work, and I'm going to pay more attention to what's going on over here. And it was, I don't know, I just love seeing all that stock footage of the NASA command center and control rooms and shit, the real shit when it was actually going down, and the primitive computing and computers that they were using at the time. It's, it's uh, that, that stuff fascinates me. I love it. 
And hey, uh, supposedly, if you're to believe clickbaity things and political stuff that I don't click on, um, Trump is is supposed to be signing some bill to send NASA back to the moon. Really? Well, that's what the clickbait says. I don't know. I don't click on it. I, I'm yeah. not going to go read. I'm not studying politics right now because I'll blow my brains out. But yeah. if that's true, it's finally doing one thing I like. One thing, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they'll be coal-operated. Mm. Surely. It's it's yeah. a steampunk revolution back to yeah. the moon. <laughs> Uh, no, he's oh. shutting down those jobs, too. That was all lies. Anyway, moving on. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. Um, of the future. Next round. Okay. Next round. Sell me on your next round. Okay. The uh, first movie is uh, called Alienate, and literally I picked this because of the cover, and that is it. And and the fact that it's science fiction. But don't expect much from this one. Out of town on a business trip, a workaholic man struggles to return to whatever is left of his crumbling home and marriage after an alien invasion. Uh the cover looks impossibly cool. I'm sure it's sci-fi, uh, whatever. But there you go. It stars Jack Diamond. I'm not sure who that person is, but mm. he's in the movie. Yeah, that's the so. alien porn movie. Yes, we can only hope. Um, <laughs> next up is The Worthy. This one sounds and looks pretty cool. In the near future, with civilization a thing of the past, a man puts his family in peril when he reluctantly lets outsiders into his compound. Uh so that might be something. It's only an hour. Oh, wait. Whoops. Sorry. It's an hour and 40 minutes. A little bit longer. I threw um, this one up on the roulette last week. It's all right. Okay. And last but not least is uh, this one here. I've been, I don't know if I've ever thrown this your way. I feel like I did. No, uh, this isn't, okay. hadn't been on the roulette yet. Okay. And I've been oh, circling it though. Okay. And the reason that I haven't, uh, or I was hesitant was because of the runtime, but it gets universal Thumbs ups. And that's a movie called Mudbound. One family owns the land. The other has worked it for generations. Both are bound to the pain of the past. And it's two hours and 15 minutes, but uh, very good reviews. And this is a Netflix original, so that immediately, to me, elevates it somewhat. Um, it's got a good so there cast, go. too. Yeah, I know. That, that one there, regardless, eventually I have a feeling one of us will probably watch that, either roulette or on our own. I thought it was a TV show. No, that's a, from what I'm seeing, that's that's a movie. Right. 15 minutes, so there you go. Okay, coming your way. First up is Warriors of the Wasteland from 1983. It's an hour, 27 minutes. This is 2B TV, so there will be commercials. And I'm going to start throwing, I'll just throw you one every now and then, but that channel is loaded with a bunch of movies that look like your niche title cover yep. art and and movies that you've I know that you own already that you've talked about on this show where I'm like all right I'm gonna watch that shit <laughs> barbarian women and bikinis and and shit like that uh-huh uh two mercenaries help wandering caravans fight off an evil and aimless band of white clad bikers after the nuclear holocaust <laughs> I'm sure that water is involved somehow they're out of water or gasoline or both or I don't know, but the cover is one of those 80s covers that looks like a, a painting, and it, it totally screams Scream Factory or what all, all of your labels, Code yeah. Red. It, it That's exactly <laughs> what it looks like. Every, every time I start uh, fishing around on that channel, I cannot believe how loaded it is. And I know that, you know, the commercials is a kind of a deal breaker, but at the same time, this is this is the kind of shit where you can at least test 
yes. out that stuff before you, you know, drop 20 or 30 to get it imported from Germany straight to yep. your ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next up, I was going to throw you a safe pick from last week, but, you know, Netflix added a couple of horror movies, and Eugene likes to spin that wheel, and one of them was a Christmas-themed one, so here <laughs> you go, buddy. Uh, The Hatred, 94 minutes. Uh, Four young women head to a country house for an idyllic weekend retreat. But what lies in store for them is far from the dreamy getaway they imagined. Starring Sarah Devonport, Andrew Devoff. Is that a a name? Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Gabriel, listen carefully, Gabriel Bourne, not Gabriel Byrne. Okay. Uh, Bailey Corman. Uh, And lastly, Red Christmas. Eugene can't pass that one. 81 minutes. <laughs> a family Christmas gathering at an isolated Australian estate turns into the holiday from hell after a mysterious stranger turns up at the door, starring D. Wallace. Jeff Morell, Sarah Bishop, Janice McGavin. I added the names because maybe these are horror people that you know that I don't. Yeah. But they each had one name that I recognized with Andrew Devoff and D. Wallace. Andrew, uh, that guy, I believe, is the Jin uh, from Wishmaster, Wishmaster, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Yep. Cool. Okay, well, um, <clears throat> that's easy for me. I mean, come on. Red Christmas. I, it's probably not going to be good, but D. Wallace is in it, so that's one plus, and it's, you know, hey, I'm going to watch two different Black Christmases, so why not watch a Red Christmas, too? <laughs> uh, the cover is cool on Netflix. Yeah. It's just a hand holding a bloody Christmas gift. Yep, I'm always looking for those holiday gems. They're few and far between, but you never know. <sighs> what the hell am I going to... I'm going to take the worthy. Okay. I'm not going to wait. I'm tempted by the Mudbound, but I just put seven hours in roulette a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with that one. I think it's subtitled, but screw it. I watched the trailer last week when I put it on the roulette and it looked cool, so I'm going to take it. Yeah, and Mudbound, I am... I, I, like I said, I'm convinced that that's probably going to be a a very good movie and one that we'll be glad that we watched regardless if it's uh, roulette or not. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm going to keep it in the queue and probably watch it at some point. Okay. Oh. There you go. There's the roulette this week. Next week it will be the word. Oh no, probably two weeks. The worthy up against red Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Excellent. Okay. For second segment, we're revisiting the old game of the wheel of cinema. And you get to go first, sir. Any character actor names you would like to kick this off? This is where we uh, name... How do we do this? We name character actors, and then you have to come up with the first movie that you think of with that actor, which leads to the next actor on the wheel. And we just go back and forth until we hopefully make a full circle back to the beginning. And if we don't, then... Then we quit after 20 minutes. Yes. And <laughs> and you all get your money back? Yeah, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start off with... Uh, and this is the first person that came into my mind because uh, we were talking about D. Wallace. I was going to uh, say, who, I named a couple of character actors yeah. just in the, there. So let's just... Let's just Get the ball rolling with with her. What's the because for me it's that's easy. But what's the first movie you think of with uh, D. Wallace? Okay, I'm just gonna go. Uh, I could be wrong because you're the horror guy, so uh, Poltergeist. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think Was so. She... Here we go. Let's take yeah. to our computer. No, I don't devices. believe so. No, she was not in that. That is uh, Joe Beth Williams. Damn it. 
Here we go. Uh, I okay. Was she in? No, that was she wasn't in that either. Shit. Okay, here we go. E.T. is what I'm thinking of. Yes, there you go. That was the first. That's the first thing that I think of with her. Yep. Okay, so I got to find somebody from E.T. Yes. Oh boy. That shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, but you you don't want to go too specific. Like, I want to go with the uh, a pick that is going to be surprising. Like that, you surprise me. What you come back with? There we go. Finally, get my IMD. I am Dabib. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is the problem with this thing. There's, uh, with this game, there's too much empty dead space that I have to edit out. Oh, Erica Eloniak was in that. We talked about her two weeks in a row now. I'm not going to pick her, though, because she's, you know. Oh, is she the, uh, one that you thought was in, uh. Um, yeah. No, no, uh, she is the one that was in Under Siege. Oh, it's, but she was not in, in the Jim Wynorski joint. Correct. Okay. Let's go Henry Thomas, because I think he's so... I mean, it's a little bit obvious, but he's more well-known for E.T. than most things, so... What, after E.T., what do you associate him with? I'll um, have to go to his filmography for this, Yeah, probably. yes. Uh, is he still acting? Yeah, he is still acting. Um, Wow, that, I, I love scrolling through these, and you're like, what? He was in that? Yeah, really. Uh, oh, perfect, perfect. Um, Dead Birds. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Oh, and he was so good. I I adore that movie. And, uh, yeah, Dead Birds, Henry Thomas. I would probably go Suicide Kings. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have. It's a good flick. Underrated. That was the, that was uh, probably the first flick where I'm like, oh, that's a kid from E.T. and he's growing up. All right. And this uh, direct-to-video movie that I randomly blind bought is not horrible. <laughs> Suicide Kings. Yeah, I haven't seen that in years and years. He was also in Legends of the Fall, you see. Yeah, that's a flaming piece of crap. I've never seen it. Oh, yet. you should watch it. <laughs> Sometime I will. I just... Yeah. Hey, everybody disagrees with me, so best of luck. Yeah. Okay, so what did you say? Dead, uh, birds. dead birds. Okay, now you get and the uh, wonderful chore of finding somebody else of note from that movie. Uh, actually, that should be pretty easy. Oh, there it is. It is easy. Wow. Yep. There's but two of them in there that they're, they're, yeah. that have, are pretty big actors now. But who are you going to go with? Um, well, Michael Shannon. Oh, God. People are going to hate me for this, but Man of Steel. That's the first thing that jumps to mind. And then the second thing is Bug. Okay, yep. No, both. Every every single movie that he is in is uh, he is good in. Even if the movie itself is not the greatest, he is always reliable as an actor. Oh, what I should have said is Cecil be demented. God, he's great in that movie. Man, I don't even so remember far. him in that movie. Oh yeah, he's he's the one that um, hangs out with the the gay guy and. The gay guy's way into him, and he's like, oh, I wish I was gay, but I'm just not. Every time I feel your beard kiss me, I'm just, ugh. <laughs> it's so funny. Michael Shannon? Yeah. Wow. That's weird to think of him saying that. Yeah, I know. I know. Great movie. That's still my favorite Waters movie. Okay. Go for uh, it. He was in Man of Steel, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick something from Cecil B. DeMint. I can pick whatever I want. 
Ross Petey. Hmm, interesting. I, and this is a fantastic cast in this movie. You've seen Cecil B. Demented. Yes, I have. Okay. I'm curious to see what your answer will be to this. We'll go with the star of it, Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff? Uh, first movie I think of with him... Oh, man. Um, I I think Stephen Dorff is a great actor. Um, uh, there it is. That Botched. I love Botched. Have you oh, seen Botched? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That is just insanity. Yeah, it just... I saw it once and I I loved it, but I got to see it again. Very darkly humorous, gory horror weirdness, but he was so good in that. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) First one for me is Blade. Yeah. Well, and immediately following that up is SFW. I love SFW. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's such a good, it's a nineties movie, but, and it's extremely nineties with uh, Reese Witherspoon, but it is a great, it's a great example of a 90s movie. Very grungy. Actually, the the other co-star in that uh, was the guy that Michael Shannon was making out with in Cecil B. Demented. Hey, there we go. Uh, we've come around, and we, there's a little loop there. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be our full, full circle, but it's our little corkscrew in the middle yeah, of this. It is, yes. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen that movie, you should check it out at some point. Yeah, it's it's a I've, checklist film. I have I've it on, never seen it. Yeah, I have it on DVD. It's 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 weird and very '90s aesthetic, but it's it's I like that movie quite a bit. But I'm a '90s kid, so what do I know? Uh, okay, next. Okay, uh, for me, let's go with uh, Sean Pertwee, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And uh, when you see him, you'll be like, oh, that guy. Oh, I already, I dog soldiers. Yeah, okay. I figured you'd say that. <laughs> uh, I was actually, I was like, you're either going to say that or Event Horizon. That's the, That would be the next one. Yeah. It always snaps to dog soldiers. It's too early for this shit. Um <laughs> What was his name? What was his name? Spoon? Was he Spoon? No, they, that other dude was Spoon. Yeah. Uh, Darren Morfitt was Spoon Witherspoon. And he just shouted Spoon a lot. So I have to pick somebody from Dog Soldiers. He's had a great career. He's been in a lot of good shit. Yeah. He is the current Alfred on uh, Gotham. TV show. Really? Yeah. Makes a great Alfred. Was he in any... He just feels like he should have been in some of the uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. But he wasn't. Yeah. Man, he has been in a lot of stuff. A lot of video game voiceover stuff. Where in the hell is Dog Soldiers? There it is. Of course, they on IMDb, they have to have the one cover that nobody has ever had. <laughs> okay. Hmm. This is interesting. I'll give you this one. Kevin McKidd. Hmm. Kevin McKidd. Okay. I, yeah, there's one thing that I instantly oh, yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Uh, train spotting. Yep. Oh, uh, which one was, which one was he in train spotting? I mean, Tommy. He was the one with the cats and he got AIDS or something. Yes. Or, and then he died because of the cat poop. Oh, that was awful. Oh. <laughs> yes. Man, he's still working like a son of a gun. Okay. Yeah. Next. Uh, next. Okay, so now we're into train spotting. 
Um, Robert Carlyle. Beg B. Yeah, I know him. I mean, the first reaction is train spotting, but let me, I gotta think, what's the second? Oh, come on, man. It's like, it's, it's our movie. It's, you and I saw it in the theater and we supported it wholly and we still love it and it's great and it was probably on the theater for like all of one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but is that the first thing that I think of? Other than train spotting for me, yes. That's, yeah, that's, the other than train spotting. Yeah. Obviously. Um, Boy, I gotta be honest, the first thing I thought of was the, the, that one where the, the the dudes were all dancing and getting naked. <laughs> of course, there we yeah. go. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was the first thing that popped in my head. The Full Monty. Yeah, The Full Monty. I forgot that he, uh, yeah, I forgot he was in that movie, Ravenous. Yeah. He was also the bad guy in like one of the best James Bond movies ever, The World Is Not Enough. Said no one ever. I... 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 He was well, a good bad guy in that movie. Oh, he was a good bad guy in it, but... Um, oh, it's not that great of a movie, but it, I would say that it is, it, it's the second best of of that series of Bond. Oh, wasn't that the one with Denise Richards as uh, yes. Christmas, Christmas is coming once, or a, a <laughs> shitty coming joke? Oh, comes twice a year or something. Yeah, oh my... Are, really? Yes. Like, she sucked in that movie. No, wait. Was she in that movie? Yeah, no, yeah, Denise... Or is that, was that Tomorrow Never Dies? No, Denise Richards was very much in... Uh, yeah, she was the, the the worst part of that movie. But you know what that movie did not have? It did not have Halle Berry and Ice Fortresses and Invisible Cars. Oh. Wow. <laughs> the villains in that movie made it okay. You just yeah. had to get past the Christmas Jones bullshit. Yeah. But now just think about the world is not enough. Now everything has come to pass. Like, North Korea has invisible cars and... and you. No, no, it's, that's not the world is not enough. That's the, or that's, that's the uh, that's the Halle Berry one that's Halle Berry, yeah, where he flies off a iceberg or something. Yes, and, and, oh. and paragliding and surfing and uh, Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. Um, oh, uh, okay, horror guy here. Uh, the uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, is he the priest? He's the priest. In that? Oh, yeah. wow. For me, it's Batman Begins. Comic book guy over here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Perfect. You got to show somebody from Emily Rose? Yes. So that's me, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you okay. said Emily Rose. Okay. Um, it's not Emily Blunt. Um, Laura Linney. I got this one. I, I I got I, uh, 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 can't remember the name of the movie, but I um shit. It's uh Richard Gere and Ed Norton. Oh, Primal Fear. Yes. I go. now I have to verify that that I'm thinking of the right movie. But she was the other lawyer in that movie. I do believe. Great movie, by the way. Yes, it was De- depressing as hell, but. Yeah, there it is. She's in it. There you go. Boom. What about you? For uh, for her, yeah, she's been in so many. I mean, she's a great actress. Um, probably Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. I would guess. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Have either of us seen that? I haven't seen no. it. No. <laughs> like what? Why are you in that? Come on. Um, hey, hey. 
It's like Michael Caine said about Jaws 4. I haven't seen the movie, but I saw the house that it built. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, wow, it's probably between Congo and The Truman Show. Oh, yes. I oh, would geez. probably say Congo, just because Congo's sci-fi, you know, Michael Crichton weirdness. Yeah. But... So, Congo. I gotcha. Let me see here. I gotta pick somebody from Primal Fear. Okay, this will be an interesting one, maybe. Because it's so big. Richard Gere. Uh, Richard Gere. First movie that pops in my head is... Um, and I'm not even, I don't even have to look at his IMDb. Um, oh, what's the first movie that I would think of with Richard Gere? Uh, this is weird. Uh, he was in a... Um, he was in a war movie. Maybe not a war movie. Or was an it? Officer uh, and a Gentleman? That's the one, yes. Officer and a Gentleman. So that's the first movie that... Just that him, I, I, I guess it's more of the poster than anything is just him in this white suit, military suit, and mm-hmm. it's a very iconic poster. So that's like, yeah, first thing I think of. Boy, I know there's another movie that he's in that I love, but that was the first thing that popped in my head even before. Yeah, that's why I said it, because I wonder what, yeah, I wonder what you will say. I, I got, there's another movie that he's in that I love, The Mothman Prophecies. Hmm. Shit, is that a good movie? Yes, I feel like I watched that with you in the theater, by the way. Brooklyn's Finest. That was underrated. Yes, it was. Was that with uh, Wesley Snipes? Uh, that was a whole bunch of people in that movie. That was Yeah, that was one that you recommended. You were like, dude, you have got to see this movie. And that was fantastic. Don Cheadle, Ethan Hawke, Wesley Snipes. I mean, Will Patton. That, that cast is loaded. Officer and a Gentleman, sir. That's where you're digging. Movie 43. <laughs> Man, storied career. Um, okay, so picking from Officer and a Gentleman, uh, let's go with David Keith. Oh, ass to ass. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> the first thing I think of when I think of David Keith. Is ass to ass. You don't know what I'm talking about. No, Requiem, I... for, Requiem for a Dream. That was him, right? He was in Requiem for a Dream? Shh. Um, hope I'm not wrong. Probably wrong. Always wrong. Or Keith David. Whatever. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you meant... But you don't mean Keith David. You mean David Keith. Yes. <laughs> My uh, apologies to you. The Davids and the Keiths. Oh, that guy. Huh. Hmm, boy, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to look here. <laughs> what, what a disaster that was. Yeah. In all fairness, though, you have two first names. I know. Come on, break it up. He was in a movie called The Further Adventures of Tennessee Buck. It's just wrong. Yeah. Ugh. Wow, this is a lot of... You're leading us down a dead end here. Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is... Now, there is one for me. It, I recognize him from something. Yeah. For me, there's one movie that I'm like, oh, that guy. It's There's one movie. What is it? Firestarter. I don't... I mean, I'm not even sure if I've seen all of that movie. Which stars Drew Barrymore, which leads us back to E.T. Hmm? It does. It does. That is our full circle. I need to find out what... I need to find a movie that I know this guy from, though. 
But that is going to be the conclusion of this segment. Bet your ass. I mean, my God, did this guy rule direct-to-video in the 90s. Looks like he was in Independence Day. Yeah, but do I remember him from Independence Day? No, yeah, I couldn't I remember one minute of it. Maybe U571. But that movie is just forgettable for me. Every time I watch it, it's like the first time. Behind Enemy Lines, I guess. Daredevil. Ugh. Yeah, whatever. He's a character actor, and, and kudos to him, and I'm glad he has a career. Keep it up. There you go. One day I'll figure it out what it was that <laughs> I knew you from. Uh, what did you say? Firestarter and Drew Barrymore. There you go. Which leads us back to E.T. Yep. That is our connective tissue of the evening. See, folks, it, it was worth the listen. It, just to get back to, like, see how we do things. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I like it when we can go through, you know, ten or a dozen of these and 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 find a loop like that and get back to the beginning. It's it's yep. the twelve steps of Kevin Bacon without really making any sense. Just <laughs> okay. Are you ready to move on to recently watched? Let's do it. An ET to ET. Uh, you're up first. So now, question. Um, for Christmas movies, how much should I be getting into Christmas movies? Do whatever you want. Okay. I just, just because I know that next week we're going to be, I, we are in December. You can do whatever the hell you want, sir. Okay. <clears throat> Good. Then here we go. <laughs> Let's start with Christmas Evil, a movie that you have not seen. I don't believe, right? I kind of feel like I have, but I don't know. Okay. Christmas Evil is from 1980. Uh, this is John Waters, I, I believe his favorite movie or one of his all-time favorite movies, uh, which is interesting to me. And the more I watch this movie, the better it gets. Why do I have a feeling I talked about this, about how I bought this on VHS at the, at the cupboard and... It didn't work? It didn't work. That yeah, was went, like a couple weeks ago. I went through all this shit. Okay. Did I, how much of the movie did I talk about? Uh, you said it was terrible the first time and then you've grown to love it. Uh, but it's still a piece of shit. Damn it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Christmas Evil, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on. Let's talk about... Uh, damn it. Uh, better how was watch it, out. How was it this viewing, though? Did it, it still continues to improve? I Man, I think it does, because it, it has that early 80s feel, and it's not really a slasher movie. It's more of a, a sad... A view of literally like of mental illness with a complete out there batshit crazy ending that doesn't really make sense, but adds to the weirdness of it. Uh, but I don't know. The more I watch, the more it's like watching it as a it's not a slasher movie and the title is almost misleading. It shouldn't be called Christmas Evil. Uh, it should be called something else. But it's just it's this guy that's just. Socially awkward, and he had a traumatic experience as a kid, and he's now this really socially awkward adult that decides that there is a real Santa, and he's going to be it. And he's going to dress up like real Santa, but it's not like Silent Night, Deadly Night Santa. It's just like, oh, there's it's he doesn't know how to communicate with other people, and he... Wants to fit in, and he doesn't know how, but maybe through Santa Claus he can, and it's just awkward. Christmas somewhere on the spectrum. 
Yes. <laughs> Christmas awkward. Yeah. With a hint of, <laughs> with a hint of mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. He's got curly hair. He looks like a dork. Eh. It's good. I like it. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. He just looks like, he just looks like, not that curly hair. You're, a, look you're like. a hairist. Yeah, I, I <laughs> you am. Did, you discounted oh. him because of his curliness. Oh, I, I kind of like in prom night, like the killer on prom night. I'm like, oh, your hair is so curly. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You really are. Oh, it, yes. I just it's like, oh, you should be in a comedy. But you're, you're a killer. <laughs> Make but. jokes, funny hair man. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay, that's Christmas Evil. Let's move on to a newer movie that is Better Watch Out, which I'm not sure if you watched the whole thing of this, but uh, I bought this on Vudu. I did watch it. Nice. Okay. So uh, my expectations, I think, were pretty in check with this, and I kind of watched the movie. I I kind of went up and down on it through different parts. Like at, at some parts, I was like, and I'm going to have to be kind of vague because this is a pretty new movie. I don't want to spoil it, but several times I was relatively annoyed by the proceedings. And then other times I'm like, ah, oh, this is cool. It's, it's, it's kind of different. And it's, it's the best thing I can describe it as is kind of a, a twisted, uh, horror twist on home alone. Kind of. Um, oh, oh, that's not a far-fetched take, I don't think. I mean, it directly talks about Home Alone quite a bit. Yeah, so, and again, I'm trying to be somewhat vague because going... And you I have, know that you have think, to be vague because yeah. to describe anything in this movie almost gives away what's going on in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that you had figured out what was going on uh, way before I did, of course, but... Um, <laughs> I, I, I won't say that I, I figured it out, but I had suspicions. Okay. And there were a couple of character beats where their emotional response, I was like, that's suspicious. And then pretty early on, about the end of the first act, they tell you, okay, this is what's going on. And it was yeah. like, all right, good. I, I was happy that they did that. Yeah, but there were several parts in the movie, and I get it. You're, you're doing certain things to progress the story and to make it a substantial runtime for a movie, but there are certain things that I'm like, no, no person, no matter how stoned or silly you are, you know, you're not going to do that. But I'm like, I get it. It's a horror movie and you're trying to get from, you know, the, the, you're trying to get to the next scene. I, I understand, but it's still, sometimes it took me out of it where I'm like, no one would do that. No one's going to sit on the swing and write a, a I'm sorry note. And, eh, what? Uh, but, I don't know. I could kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah. teenagers are stupid, man. Do you remember being a teenager and some of the yeah. stuff that I thought I was getting away with? And then I get a little older and realize, eh, I wasn't getting away with shit. My parents <laughs> were just being kind. When they were asking me those questions, they were just being kind. They were. It was like, we know, dickhead. Yeah, we know. <laughs> and you know, yeah, so it, it's not that far, especially when you consider the when you were a teenager and those other people that were also teenagers that you thought were idiots that yeah. were even dumber than you. Yeah. It's not that far fetched for me to believe that that somebody could get somebody to do that, especially when they're teasing them with the poon. Yeah. But anyway, it was a good, I thought it was a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I own it all on Voodoo. It's probably one that I, it's not going to be a yearly tradition. Um, but well, yeah. <laughs> there is snow. 
It's snow outside, so let's watch everything horror related to Christmas. So yeah, I'll probably watch it again next year. But did you like it? I did like it. I, I, even though I kind of, kind of guessed at what might have been going on early on, I actually hoped that was what was going on because if not, I was afraid they were going to drag it out until the end of the third act, and then oh, surprise twist, and it was it would have been like, don't insult my intelligence, like come on. You know, I can put two and two together, and there's only so much coincidence in the world. But yeah. I was, uh, I, I, once, you know, at the end of the first act when they declared, okay, this is what's going on, then all of my expectations, writing wise, kind of shifted because it's like, now that you're doing this, you had better fucking do this mm. in the second and third acts. And, Along the way, especially during the third act, I was getting a little nervous because I was like, you're getting so mean and so dark and so almost preposterous that yeah. you better you better pay this off because the, the way that you're going, if, if you go, oh, isn't this a crazy dark ending? I'm not going to like this movie at all. And the way that they went was... You like the last scene? In the it movie? was as playful as the rest of the movie and it paid off the entire movie. If they had not done that yep. at the end, I would have been like, fuck this movie. Yeah. But they did that. And I was yeah. like, yes, yes, <laughs> this movie paid off. And, and more than one character had an arc, which was a good, you know. Yeah. It, it made the other character arcs pay off, in my opinion. Curious what a uh, sequel could look like, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make one. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I'd never even heard of this movie before. You told me that you bought it, and I had no expectations when I hit play. I had, had no idea what this movie is about. Never saw a trailer, nothing. So it's yeah. it's a it's kind of a wonderful feeling watching a movie like that where you have no expectations whatsoever, especially when it's not a roulette. When it's a roulette, you're like, oh fuck, here we go. But yeah. when it's uh, something that somebody kind of recommends you're like all right let's see what's going on here and, and then it turns out to be pretty good it was i yeah. um, <clears throat> I, I i i we talk about it all the time where i try and figure out what's going on in the movie that's one of my things with watching these watching anything is i got to figure out what's going on here and what's going on here because they planned most movies play into so many clichés and this movie started off this movie started off playing on those kinds of tropes that I'm used to absorbing. So I got suckered by the movie in a little bit of a way. It's like, oh, here's the stoner friend, and here's the mm-hmm. uptight friend, or a kid, and it's going to go this way. And then they shifted along the way. So I, I, I give kudos to the writers for doing that. That is knowing your audience, knowing the tropes of the genre, playing to them at first, and then shifting on them all along the way. Not just at the first act, where the end of the first act, where they reveal what's going on, but further down the line, where they they expand on all of the characters' arcs. Including and Boyfriend. Every one of them, all the way to the end. When, hmm, I gotta be vague. Uh, paint can incident? Yes. That was when it, when, uh, coming down the stairs? Yeah. That was when it was like, oh, this is the personality type that we are dealing with. This is, we are dealing with a, uh, again, trying to be vague, 12-year-old Patrick Bateman. 
Yeah. And, and that shifted all my perceptions for the third act. So I, I, you know, all I was, I, I had the same problems with it that you did. Like I was irritated because you hate certain characters so much, but you're supposed to. And along the way, I loved the writing style and I loved what they were doing and, and they were playing with me, the audience member. And so I got to give them props for that. That was all in the writing. One complaint I would have, a little too PG-13. There were a couple of things that were really implied of really gory shit. Paint can. Paint can. That you could have showed and it would have made it even a little more playful. Mm-hmm. With over-the-top gore. But yeah. you just, you kind of tried to hide it and make it jaws E or something. I don't yeah. know what the, or just keep it PG-13. I don't know what the point was, but... Yeah, and it was very, it was a very R-rated movie. It's, I mean, there was a lot of swearing, and it's it's very R-rated, so embrace that. Go for it, because right. it felt like, like right. the babysitter. Like, they, they went for it, and That's what I'm talking about. Perfect example. That perfect example. That's what this, this movie should have gone just a hair further, and been the, not, not as funny as the babysitter, but that over-the-top violence and gore would have yeah. just... It would have played well here. And it, it you, you still would have retained that scary... Not scariness, but uneasiness of, yeah. a, of a thriller whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean. Well, I'm glad... I think we're both... I gave it three out of five stars. I, it was... Totally fair. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to you. Real quick doubleheader here. I rewatched The Incredible Hulk on Blu-ray. I, it's been sitting on my shelf forever, the Ed Norton one. Oh, nice. Haven't seen it in forever, and I had the, this Blu-ray has been sitting on my, my shelf for like two years. And, you know, all, all things in the world happening as they are, I you know what, sometimes I just want to come home and watch a big green monster just destroy the shit out of some <sighs> people, or types, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and I've seen this movie a time or two before, and I still quite enjoy it. I like both of the Hulk movies. The age on the CGI show really shows in a couple of scenes. My does it wife, really? Well, my wife pointed out to me, and I'm like, yeah, it kind of does. Some of the scenes look fantastic. Totally seamless. I love Tim Roth in this movie. But some of the CGI, there's a couple of bits where it's like, ooh, ee. Nonetheless, I still enjoy this movie, and uh, it, it has a home on my shelf. Uh, and next up is a voodoo movie that my buddy hooked me up with the code for. Uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. Uh, I had reservations about this release. The trailer, it looked okay. But I, this team-up idea of hero and villain to go fight another villain, I'm like, ah, come on. Wow, was I wrong. This movie was awesome. Not as great... I should reel it in. I, I fully enjoyed the hell out of this movie, but it it's because of the little things. Was this as awesome as The Dark Knight Returns and all that shit? No. Um, but the people that made this, I didn't even look into who did it, but whoever made it, this was a total love letter to the Batman animated series. There is one part where... They go into a bar, and it is I, I, D-minus characters from all four seasons of the Batman animated series. <laughs> People that even fans of the show might have forgotten about. And they're all just hanging out in this bar and doing karaoke. 
I, I, I was just gushing. I was like, oh my God, it's those guys and those guys and those guys and those, because I've watched that series so many times. Uh, but, you know, it, it was funny in the right spots, really f- fucking funny in, in, in ways that it shouldn't have been, in ways that should have annoyed me, but it didn't because I'm a super fan of the show. And then you top it off with the, the the biggest villain uh, the biggest villain arc in in the movie is um oh what's his name it's Jason it's the Floronic Man which is a Swamp Thing villain teaming up with Poison Ivy amazing that's a perfect team up two plant people we've never I I've never seen it before but they're teaming up together to whatever they're going to do and then in the end they have to go dig up find Swamp Thing to come in and stop the whole show. Like, I love when they bring in these lower-tier people from DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I dig the hell out of that shit. And and I, the, the humor work, there was some sex stuff in this movie that I was very awkward about, especially in the, the uh, sexual harassment times that we're living in. Uh, yeah, there was a, a couple of scenes in this movie that deal with uh, that are sex stuff that I'm like I don't know how to feel about that, and I I've watched it twice now and I still don't quite know how to feel about it. There's a scene where Nightwing is strapped to a bed and Harley is telling him how he how she's trying to go straight and she's stripping down and changing clothes and putting on her panties and then she turns around and apparently they insinuate that he has a boner. And then she's like, turns off the lights and is like, oh yeah, I'm getting what I want. And it's Whoa. like, but he's kind of strapped to a bed, but they're still kind of consenting. Lots of gray. Lots of gray. Yeah, shades of gray. The gray movie thing. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, it, it, grades of, uh, gray shades of consent. Uh. So, uh, it just felt really kind of weird. And I don't know how to feel about that. Especially, like, what what is DC's thing lately where we have to insert sex stuff into these animated movies? They did it with uh, The Killing Joke, and now they're doing it with this, and I'm just like, uh, just maybe not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, whatever. Do more overt, overt, gory violence. How's that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Or you can insinuate some of the stuff without it being so direct. You're, you're not being vague. This shit wasn't vague at all. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. My next round is going to be the polar opposite of this round that I'm reviewing. Um, <laughs> uh, back to you. What do you, what do you got? Okay. <clears throat> Moving on with the Christmas movies. My yearly viewing of Krampus happened and every single year and every viewing of Krampus, uh, it, it gets better. And I know that you've watched Krampus. Uh, I've, the first time I watched Krampus back in 2015, um, I, in the theaters, I was a bit disappointed. I'm like, ah, it was good, but very PG-13. And it is. Uh, every subsequent viewing after, I like it more and more because I know it's PG-13. And I, while I, that's my only gripe about the movie is that they really should have gone for it with this. And by they, I mean Michael Doherty, which he directed Trick or Treat, which is fantastic. Uh, this should have been a gory R-rated movie. This would have been like, this would have been classic holiday viewing every year 
for the rest of my life. And, and as it is, it's PG-13 holiday viewing for the rest of my life. I would uh, say that it's a fair amount scarier than Better Watch Out. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's genuinely creepy. I just, I, it just felt like... I don't I'm know. not disagreeing with you. I'm just yeah. saying that I wish Better Watch Out had been more like Krampus. Like, oh. it, it made it, it stretched its PG-13 and it was actually scary. Whereas yes, it was. Better watch out. It was I was never scared or frightened of any. Yeah. And, and a couple of things changed could have made me that way. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Krampus. Though every time I watch this movie, the creature designs, the the comedy bits in it are timed perfectly. It's so fast paced. Everything about the movie, I I adore. This is this is one where like I can tell how much I like my holiday movies by when I watch them and. Silent Night, Deadly Night is tops, obviously. But the closer it gets to Christmas, the more it's like, those are when I when I watch the big guns. And I can tell Krampus, I think, is more and more going to be like week of Christmas, much like Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night and uh, maybe even Bad Santa. Uh, those are my, because, you know, it's anti-Christmas. It's Eugene. <laughs> I will say this about Krampus after one viewing. And after buying uh, Blair Witch today, I'm always looking for those horror movies that I can show the 13-year-old. Oh, yeah, there you go. I was like, hmm, Blair Witch, maybe? And I'm like, you know what? No. There's so much cussing and and flashy kind of stuff that I don't want her to have nightmares. But Krampus? That's when I'd show her because it's fantastical enough that... That yeah, she'll be all right with it, and it has enough jump scares and kind of creaturey things that it can still kind of get to her. Yeah. So there is something to be said for that PG thirteen horror movie. Yeah, and I I know what they were going for, and it, it does work. It it has a Gremlins type feel, and I'm cool with that. Again, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I I personally wish it would have been more hard edged, but as it is, man, this is a great movie that holds up extremely well and is. Uh, you take away all the creatures and whatever in the movie. Uh, I love the character interactions in the movie because it reminds me so much of my own family. <laughs> yes. Well, Grandma rules this movie. Oh, she's so great. She's the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I love uh, her. Anyway. Okay, that was Krampus. And let's do one more uh, Christmas movie. I was really hoping that I would change my tune on this one. I watched this. Oh boy, back. I don't, I'm not sure if we've ever even talked about this movie on our show, but uh, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale from 2010. Have you watched that? Wait, what? What is the name of the movie? Rare Exports? Rare, Rare Exports, yes. Oh, I didn't know if that was one of the titles of your niche companies or it's <laughs> like Rare Honestly, Exports, a Christmas Tale. What a great tale. title. Yeah, that would be a great title for, yeah. a, for a company. <laughs> it's actually called Rare Exports. Eugene thinks about copywriting that name. Oh, you can uh, copyright it right now. Copyright yeah. Eric and Eugene. Rare yes. exports. Uh, so uh, it's a uh, finish move. Full full title. Rare exports: A Christmas Tale. Okay. From 2010, I I was so excited when this movie was uh, was being talked about back when it was being made. It because my love of Silent Night Deadly Night goes all the way back to well 1984 is when it came out. But it, well then. Yeah. Uh, so any movie that revolves around evil Santa Claus, I am in. I, I love that. That's I. That's like my favorite favorite 
slashery type killer uh, because of Silent, Silent Deadly Night. And so this movie here, I'm like, this is a gigantic killer Santa Claus. Basically, these people in Finland, in the mountains, they find a bunch of elves and a huge ogre-like Santa Claus buried in the mountain. Um, that's the premise. That's not the movie itself. That's the, the premise. The movie itself is well shot. Um way, way, way too short of a runtime, uh, not fleshed out near enough, and really no payoff. Um, they hint at the most badass-looking Santa Claus creature, like Godzilla-ish creature, uh, and they don't pay. It's like a Krampus. It's, it's like Krampus, but way bigger, and it doesn't pay off at all. And, I, and the first time I watched it, which was many, many years ago now, probably six years ago, I was, I remember being like, ah, that's, that's all you could come up with. Like there's a good movie here. If it would be 10 minutes longer and you would have sunk a little bit more money into a payoff scene at the end, some payoff scene, something. And instead it's hinted at, and then it just rolls credits. And I'm like, meh, (laughs) meh. What I'm Uh, hearing is rare exports does not deliver a good cum shot. No, there is there is no come in the eye in this movie. I guess I don't know. I guess, because that's what I expect when I see the pay the pay the money shot. Yeah, it's not rare. <laughs> it's mediocre exports. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just a little dribble. I'm like oh, really? Oh. Um, oh, and that's seriously that's what the movie is. It's just the whole way through. I'm like it feels like it's building up to something awesome. Like okay, here's the creepy looking skinny elf type creatures that these people find and like oh here's saint nick uh, buried in this huge chunk of ice with these huge krampus horns i'm like this is going to rule once they unthaw this beast and then a little bit of semen in the roll credits (laughs) Uh, it's such a uh it's such a uh disappointing anyway i'm I'm getting sad (laughs) Okay. Uh, last round. Anything else you want to review? Oh, this is it. Oh, 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 man. Um, We've been. I, we're going. It's an hour and a half. Let's. Go. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, um, shit. Do I talk about another holiday horror movie, or do I talk about Godless? Oh, might as well squeeze that one in. Uh, Godless. Godless. Okay. Yeah. So Godless. Because we talked about it before. Okay. Um. So I burned through this show uh, on your recommendation. And uh, I'm, th- I echo pretty much everything that you said. I think that it could have, it was seven episodes and I think that it probably could have stood for a little bit of editing and maybe been like six episodes instead of seven. There were certain parts where when it was all said and done, I was never bored, bored but there were certain scenes that when the, when the show ended, I'm like, you know, they really didn't need that scene or that that character arc or that rabbit trail that they went on there didn't really fit that much. Um, but that's still, a, it's a quibble because it, this is a great show with high production values, great acting. Um, man, that the, the best episodes are one and seven. Those episodes just rule. And the middle section is getting to the last episode. It's just getting to that big payoff. You sound just like me when I reviewed it. And it's like, 
there, there's a little bit of slow, but I don't know what to cut. I know, I because it's like I I get why everything is in there, and I get why you want to build character arcs, and you want to build like that you get invested in these characters, and which does work by uh, episode seven when some of the characters that you have come to like are killed, and you're like, oh man, that that's awful. Uh, but a bit tighter, this would have been fantastic. I mean, as it is, it's it's a great show. Um, I probably won't watch it again, but it was really, really good. I hated, I mean, I loathed uh, Jeff Daniels in this as the villain. He was, episode, I hated him. Episode two, the story he told about how yeah. he came to be, how he, did that not like freak you out? Like, for me, it was like, holy shit, this guy is scary. But uh, his his come up his comeuppance was perfect. Oh, it was uh, beautiful. Oh, yes, that much like um, better watch out. In episode seven, I had something that I needed to happen, and it fucking a happened. Yes, it did. I was I was like perfect, good. I did World not credits. want it to be like I saw this. I accept it. I didn't want that because yeah. of all of his talk. I wanted yeah. it to be like. Nah, not like this. And then yes, it, and, I, I was oh, the same way. Oh, it yes. paid off. Oh, so I was shitting and grinning. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yep. all is well. Uh, but boy, the, the, there were so many good. Like watching the show, so many, uh, so many people would pop up into the show, and I'm like, who are you? Like I've seen you before in this and this and this show. There's some great actors in this uh, in this show. Yep. But uh, great movie. My, my, honestly, uh, other than, I mean, the pacing, we agree that it could have been trimmed a bit. Uh, but other than that, my biggest, biggest, biggest complaint is, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but episode seven, the knife. Oh man, I was so, that pissed me off. I was like, why? That was, you built that character up to, um, I don't, I don't. I don't want to say what it is. I don't want to ruin it. But you be, I, I was hoping Blaze of Glory kind of shit, and, yeah, it, that, and it, it was like so. That didn't. Was work. That was that would that didn't work. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I said that there were certain rabbit trails that I'm like, okay, well, that that was almost mean spirited, I guess, in a way. Uh, yeah, from but, writer to viewer. Yeah, I'm like, what? Oh, okay. What about the uh, the one guy? Um, he wasn't the bad guy, but he was. He was the guy that abused his horse, and he had this this totally fucking awful mustache. <laughs> and I hated him. I'm like, yes. you look like you look like Joaquin Phoenix, but worse. <laughs> no, it's it's. <laughs> I know who you mean. Yes, yes. I wanted him to die in the most violent way, but I'm like, oh, shot in the leg. I'll I'll take that. <laughs> yes, I hated that guy, especially when he was like being mean to his horse. He's just, a fantastic character actor. Yes. Just a sleaze ball. He is, but he's he's great at what he does. Yeah, he was in in Sons of Anarchy. He was a maniac. He's oh, been in God. many movies. Yeah, I reckon he looks like Joaquin Phoenix. He does. He does. But uh, anyway, okay, that's it. Uh, Godless, good recommendation. But thumbs I, up though overall. Oh I mean, yes, I gave it. Did I give it four or three and a half? I think I think three and a half. But it honestly, it's teetering on four because it really is quality television and I don't watch television that much but I, I was every episode I'm like okay I can't wait to watch the next one I was never uh, granted there were like I said there were certain scenes that I'm like let's keep going but I was always like what's gonna happen next 
And I said that um, I don't know where you could go with another season. Do you think that I was wrong? I, or that, do you have any good. idea? We're good with one season. I think that's perfect. It ends. Me too. Uh, California. I, I like that. I did too. I wish that the. Again, I got to be vague. I wish they had uh, put the icing on the cake of that ending. Like oh, they, I know. They alluded I know. to it, but I wish that they had closed it off. Yeah. Like yeah, the I'm end like, of oh. uh, Rambo 4. Exactly, yeah. Because I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty, but. And we're close. It's we're almost empty. there. Yeah, it's. Uh, and everybody's right. like, right now, you're so vague, we don't have any idea what the fuck I know. About. Okay, I, I'm supposed to stumble through two more reviews yet. Oh, um, you can do it. Huh? You can do it. Oh, boy. Whew. <laughs> Okay, the opposite end of the spectrum of uh, comic book movies that I've been watching, thanks to Tubi TV, because that thing is so fucking loaded with shit that I want to watch, I'm willing to power through commercials. And I will say, the commercials on there are not nearly as bad as Crackle and some of the other things that we've employed on Roku it's yeah. not always the same commercial every five minutes. They're, they're like every 15 to 20. You got to watch one to three, and they're usually very, very short and not always the same one. You That's know what good. I'm talking about. Oh, cord, I do, yes. Cord cutters out there know what I'm talking about. Uh, the first one I watched is uh, Force 10 from Navarone, which is, hello, a sequel to the other Navarone movie I watched. <laughs> oh, really? Is that- Yes, I didn't realize it was a sequel. Is that a made-for-TV movie, or was that like no. a legit... No, this is a legit, old-school, uh, 1978, starring Robert Shaw. Oh, Jaw- yeah. Jaws, yeah. Yep. Okay. Harrison Ford. Nice. Barbara Bach. Barbara Bach. Um, the Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, who? One of the best Bond girls ever. Franco Nero. Ah, Django. Okay. Carl Weathers. You mean Predator Carl Weathers? Yep. Richard Keel. Ah, Jaws from... <laughs> are you not... Why are you not watching this movie oh, right dude, now? Oh, dude, I gotta watch this. Yeah, that's <laughs> you should awesome. Watch the, you should watch the first one first, though. It, um, it, and I, it's every bit as good as that one. This let me movie, see if... This movie kicked fucking ass. It's a perfect mix of, like, the old school filmmaking and the new school. It's right at that perfect 1978 level where it's in between the it's a it's a perfect mix between that old school feel of the guns of Navarone and the moving into the 80s of yeah Harrison Ford era being cool this movie was the shit I did not expect this to be nearly as good as the guns of Navarone it's a wonderful sequel as good yes absolutely 100% I will own both of these movies on blu-ray I loved it shit-eating grin through the entire thing. Who doesn't want to see Nazis being punched in the face? We all do. Oh, Even now, especially oh, now. We... <laughs> do we ever. Oh. But, uh, I, I I can't recommend it. Literally, literally, zero chance that you don't like these movies. None. I actually put on my Christmas list uh, the Guns of Navarone and uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai uh, double feature on Blu-ray. I put that on my uh, Christmas list. I I liked Guns of Navarone and Force 10 from Navarone, both of those better than uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. And And I I really like Bridge on the River Kwai, but both of these movies I think are better. What about Where Eagles Dare? Have you watched that one? I have not. 
Okay. But I've come across it on VHS a few times, and the next time that I do, I'm buying it. Because I've, yeah. heard, I've heard great things. Uh, Force 10 from Neveron on Tubi TV. So you should check it out. Yes, you have to deal with some commercials, but it's fucking worth it. Like, that's how good the movie is. Like, I'm willing to deal with commercials. Yeah. I cut the cord 20 years ago. Do you know what it means for me to have to deal with commercials? That's, like, the biggest compliment of all time. <laughs> did you... Did, was the quality, like, DVD, VHS, Blu-ray? I do believe it was full frame, and I would say DVD. Okay. Uh, not great, but I'm watching it for free, so I'm going to yeah. accept it. And the other... Um, Tubi TV movie that I watched. Hold on here. Because I'm the sci-fi dork and I absolutely cannot not watch a movie with time travel. The Final Countdown from 1980. A modern aircraft carrier is thrown back in time to 1941 near Hawaii, just hours before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, starring... Kirk Douglas, Martin Sheen, and a whole bunch of other people, character actors that you would recognize. But I have never seen this movie before, and it was on there, and I've always wanted to watch it. It's one where uh, the VHS cover is a aircraft carrier with the, like this tornado black hole thing going around it. I've seen it. You've seen the movie? Yep. yep. Oh, what do yeah, you think? Several times. Oh, it th- thumbs up. I like that movie. I haven't seen it since... Uh, probably the early days of DVD. Uh, I, so it's been many, many years, but I've, I, uh, that was one where I watched, I know a several, like several times on like network television, I watched that one. That was one of those where I was allowed to watch that one because yeah. relatively violence free for the most part. Yeah. And, it yeah. is, but it, well, it's on Tubi TV and my first chance to watch it and I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I just, these, it's such a strange movie. I I just love the time travel aspect of it. And it always reminds me of that other, um, aircraft carrier time travel movie where people were fused to the hull. Do you remember that one? What? There was another, uh, uh, fuck. What was it called? There was another time travel movie with an aircraft carrier so weird to say it like this is a bizarro <laughs> subgenre but <laughs> both of those movies are on Tubi TV as well yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i mean i'm genuinely interested in where you're going with this i'm like wow huh <laughs> it was it was another 80s movie where uh, 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 aircraft carrier time traveled there were two of them there was this one and uh, the one with uh, the guy from the werewolf movie. Oh, this is so fucked up and lost now. Wow. Um, <sighs> from the shit. werewolf movie, that could have been American Werewolf in London. No, no, no. Howling. Not the, 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 the bad moon. Oh, Michael Perry? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Michael Pear, I think. Um, again, I'm going to be totally wrong on this because I've been wrong on every fucking thing on Wheel <laughs> Cinema tonight. Oh, an aircraft carrier subgenre. Hmm. <laughs> oh, fuck. What was it called? It's not, uh... Oh, fuck. My <laughs> not Ghost Ship. No, no, no. Philadelphia Experiment? Yes, that's it. That's it. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank Huzzah. you. There sir. we go. 
the original, uh, the guy was on an aircraft carrier and he got transported to the future and all of his crew like fucking died and were melted to the hull and shit. It was really kind of disturbing and also breezed over. And then uh, they made a sequel that I haven't watched yet. It's on Tubi TV. I'm working on it. I'm going to watch it very soon, but apparently he <laughs> does some more tra- time travel nonsense with a mm, B, uh, uh, air, uh, what is it? A, um, Stealth Bomber. Stealth Bomber. Because yes. I know exactly, I, I know the cover. I can see the cover right now yeah. for part two. I don't, I don't even know if it's the same actor. Anyway, whatever. Uh, the Final Countdown is a similar premise, but not exactly the same. <laughs> Wonderful description. Uh, it's got Kirk Douglas. It was totally worth a watch. It went on a little too long, but I still enjoyed watching the film, and I think you might too if you're in the mood for that kind of, which is why I, I keep bringing up this 2B TV bullshit is, uh, you know, I, there's commercials, but you can watch shit for free. Yeah. I know that, uh, Final Countdown, Lloyd Kaufman was somehow involved in that, which yeah, I just think it's just bizarre. <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman was involved in that. I'm not sure if he wrote it or helped produce, I don't know, but I, there was a, one of the podcasts that, that not sure if it was the uh, uh, movie crypt with Adam Green, but there was another podcast that that uh, Lloyd was on, and he was talking about Final Countdown and how he had a miserable time, which led to trauma, I guess, or something. He <laughs> he bitched about someone being drunk, I think, or I don't know. But I'm like, oh, that's just odd. I'm like, I remember that movie from my childhood, and it's like the Toxic Avenger guy is talking about that. It's weird, <laughs> but cool. <laughs> I'm, you'll have that. Okay, uh, let's wrap this episode up. Yeah. Uh, coming soon. What do you have coming soon? I have the, uh, Ice Cream Man starring, uh, oh shit, what's, uh, Edward Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that took me like that. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I'm the Ice Cream Man. Sorry, stop. Uh, no, no, no! It's the the complete opposite. It's Clint Howard, the Ice Cream Man. I like that better. Yeah, it's it's yeah, weird hair. Uh, yeah, him. <laughs> but Vinegar Syndrome put out the Ice Cream Man, and so I'm going to be watching that. Um, the Extra is going to be watched soon. I I can't wait. Oh, give birth to that full size human being, you creature! Oh, I can't wait. That's fuck yeah. Gross weirdness. Um, um, there was something else that I was going to watch. Oh, I'm uh, stupidly. I'm going to watch Silent Night again. I hate that movie, but it's Christmas and the joy fuck is wrong to the world. I'm going to watch Silent Night again. The the Why? slasher. Well, explain eh, yourself. Eh, it's it's this weird disorder that I have that I'm like I. It's been a, a, several years. I'm like, yep, you know what? I know this movie is shitty, but I don't remember it that well anymore. So what if there's, what if it's come around to where it's like, ah, uh, it's okay now. I'll find out. You know which movie I'm talking about, right? So, oh, like, I know. <laughs> if you ever come back to the show with a good review of that movie, you're off the show. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Oh. Uh. <laughs> 
Steve and Freaks. <laughs> Great direction, Stephen Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He directed it, you see. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's... All yeah. right. Ice all Cream right. Man and Silent Night. I, 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 hey, who am I? To, I'm over here watching the Incredible Hulk Blu-ray like, yay! <laughs> so who am I to say shit about it? Do whatever you want. Um, coming soon for me, uh, I teased a little bit earlier, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist is the name of it. I, You know, I see this thing in the video store, and I'm like, oh, a new kind of Street Fighter thing? Maybe it's a thing I'd... I, I mean, I, it's direct video, I've never heard of it. I did some research, and it's a web series, much like the Mortal Kombat. Oh, nice. Legacy, I haven't watched any of those, but... It seems to be kind of in that uh, ballpark, and I was a little disappointed when I found that out, but I was already hitting play on the Blu-ray, and as I was watching it, I was like, wow, I'm kind of into this. That's good. I was shocked that it's like two and a half hours long, but once I found out it was a web series, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, expectations kind of set, and then it's like, wow, this is shot really well. And it's written really well. And the fighting is really good. I'm into it. It's small budget. It's contained. It's only a couple of people. But I gotta give it props. It's it's using what it has. And yeah. you know what I mean? So far, I'm fucking entertained. I'm digging it. I'm surprised you haven't watched the Mortal Kombat Legacy. I have no excuse for that. It just, just is so I, badass. I, I have it on Blu-ray. I love it. I've seen that Blu-ray a couple of times now, cheap at Family Video, and I just need to pick it up. I just need it's, to get it's that good. done. Uh, other things coming up: T uh, two Train Spotting, not T two Terminator Train Spotting Part Two. I I bought I got the DVD just because like is this thing gonna have special effects? Like I gotta be mind blown by the Blu-ray, and the DVD was on sale. Fuck it, I'll just get the DVD. And last but not least is Shin Godzilla, also on DVD, which I want to have this on Blu-ray because I love Godzilla so much, but you know what? The price was so cheap that fuck it. I'll just get the DVD, and if it's awesome and I love it, then I'll get rid of this shit and I'll get the Blu-ray. But right now, uh, the DVD should be good enough. And also coming soon this week, hopefully within the next day or so, a new computer. Mm. Got a brand new monitor over here. I've got uh, uh, a new flat screen that I might also adapt into being a monitor. And I am buying my uh, ass a new desktop computer. Oh, nice. So I was expecting a laptop. I usually do that, but I've been limping along with this laptop for so long that I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should... And, you know, (laughs) I don't take the damn thing anywhere. It sits right here on my desk. Fuck it. If I can get a desktop computer for a better one for cheaper, might as well do that. Because I've got plenty of monitors. Yeah. So, we'll see. Trying new things. More computing. Power. Awesome. So the next episode is going to be on the new computer. More than likely. I'm hoping to get that tomorrow or the day after. Nice. So the next episode we can expect, like, access tonight. Access to- access granted. Yes. 
Oh, that's literally the first thing I thought of when you said desktop computer. I'm like, oh, shit. Here we go. Somehow Jeff Fahey and monkeys and yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's wrap up this episode. That's it. I'm done. I'm done too. (laughs) Way too late. (laughs) Access granted. Good night, sir. I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. See you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening.